Hello, beautiful souls. This is your girl, Latoya Nicole, with Organized State of Mind. Tune in as we discuss topics that penetrate the soul, bring organization to your emotional, chaotic situations. Buckle your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. Toya. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, the life of technical difficulties. <laughs> oh yeah. When you get the podcast world, you you just get used to it and you just keep rolling. Okay, that's there it is. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. So listeners, um, welcome to Organized State of Mind. Join us as we discuss protecting the black woman part two. I'm your host, Latoya Nicole. Here with my special, special, special guest, Erica Warren, a.k.a. Coach E, E E-Class. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. What's up, listeners? This is your girl, Erica, a.k.a. Coach E. I I can tell you what, like in the last two years, I've given myself a a series of nicknames. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all good. I started the E-Class a couple of years ago when I started in my financial services business. And, um, you know, I was, you know, talking to people and promoting about the importance of um, knowing about finances and how to build wealth. Because for so many years, us as black people have been doing it backwards. Mm. And so that's um, in our business, in our office, we all gave ourselves like a a tag name or a nickname and so I came up with e-class and a lot of people was like oh you talking about the car I was like no they got a car called e-class I was like okay. no I wasn't talking about the car <laughs> <laughs> so I just said because I, I started I made it up because e is my first initial class I try to keep it classy mm-hmm. and also classes in session so I'm going to try to teach you something and then the 100 is for, I'm always try to keep it as real as possible. I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And you, you also have your own um, podcast as well. And go ahead and tell our listeners how to find you. Cause I promise she dropped jewels on hers. I was listening to one today about um, narcissism and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I was bit by this bug repeatedly, <laughs> <laughs> like repeatedly. And then it just made me, you know, I got to journaling like what in the world is going on in me? I yeah. keep attracting that. It's weird because even as, as we were, as I was getting ready to do that episode and I was thinking back to all of the um, events and all of the situations that I went through with my first husband and recalling all that stuff and then reading up on what narcissists do and who they are. I was Mm -hmm. like, this boy is front to back like a textbook example of a narcissist. And I remember telling people how when I right at the end of our marriage, I really had lost sense my sense of reality. I didn't know if my thoughts were wrong or if 
you know, I was being paranoid. If things were being made up in my head, he had me so twisted up and discombobulated that I didn't know what was real and what was fake because the narcissist can get in your head and they are so good at convincing you that they're telling the truth and that you're, you're thinking wrong. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I can definitely attest to that. absolutely absolutely well i'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna kind of tie that in to our topic tonight um Mm -hmm. like i said this is part two i was able to get the male perspective on part one and i was like you're the perfect person to come in and you know do a part two and talk about this just from listening to the the jewels you drop and the knowledge that you give on your podcast i was like yeah i I need erica i need her real bad because (laughs) On part one, um, I talked about, you know, psychologically, we need protecting too. Mm-hmm. The, the, my male guest, um, he kind of broke it down for me. He was like, they can't protect you psychologically if they haven't been protected themselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it, I, I took some notes and I was like, you know, my mindset started to shift somewhat. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let me just let me just sit in this. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm gonna get Erica on to kind of reel that thing on in for me. So what what is your perspective on that? It, it I mean it came to my head that we we preach this to ourselves, especially as women. You know, I you know, the last few years, the the women empowerment and the women's self-improvement movement has really picked up and taken off. And the, the thing that worries me about that is that I see it in us, but I don't see the same momentum as far as the men. I don't see them getting together and empowering each other. I don't see them getting together and holding each other accountable for doing better, for being better for treating themselves better and for treating, you know, women and their children better. I don't see any of that. And I was thinking the other day, like, uh, I heard, um, I don't know if you follow Jerry Flowers and his wife, the Flowers Ministry. Yes. Yes. And she was mm-hmm. talking about, she has a, uh, she has a thing coming up called the Wife Academy. And okay. I was like, okay, we all are going to go and enroll in the wife academy. But when we come out, we're going to be looking for husbands. So where is the husband academy? Hello. It's like we're doing <laughs> all this stuff to improve ourselves, but we need our male counterparts to also be doing that same stuff or more so that we actually have quality partners to put this stuff in practice with. And so when you said that he made the statement that they can't really protect us psychologically if they don't have it, that's where it starts. It starts with y'all taking care of your own psychological, mental, spiritual health so that you can get back in position to be able to protect us and care for us the way that it should be. I completely agree. And just to just to piggyback on what you said about all the the movements for the women and nothing for the men, you cut you do kind of realize that's sending the wrong message to them. That makes them feel like, oh, we good, how we come? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we don't we don't need to be worked on. That's the women that need to get it together. But we good over here, right? That's, kind of, that's the message that sends to them. So, you know, I encourage those people that you know start those movements and create these conferences and on these platforms that they have all this influence. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to this podcast, please start creating some stuff for these men, and we because we need a break. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Send us to the spa and get the men in the retreats and the conferences. Exactly. And that's why we see in an epidemic of uh successful, you know, women, black women who are successful in every area of their life except mm-hmm. love because they've done all of this improvement to themselves and they're looking for a man who's on the same level or higher. And it's right. getting harder to find that because the men are not putting in as much work as we are in that area. Not at not at all. Because I've 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 had a, a relationship coach when I started my healing journey. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I did the soul detox thing. I was going to therapy. You know, I I had a call. I had a couple of coaches. You know, they just helped me in different aspects. And I'm like, man, I'm really I'm ready to start investing in myself. Because the next relationship I get in, I want I want to have my stuff together. Mm-hmm. And I did all of this, had a relationship coach. You know, we meeting every week and, and she just really teaching me. And then I meet a guy, everything I learn in, in class, he's doing it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, this must be it right here, huh? Mm-hmm. No, no. Homeboy was the biggest narcissist I ever met in my life. Wow. wow. <laughs> he just, I, I felt like he must have been sitting in on class too. <laughs> <laughs> and, learned, and learned all the ropes. Because I'm like, he, I mean, every, just, it was almost like if, if what my coach taught was a textbook. Mm-hmm. Textbook, this, this dude had it. I mean, he, we, we, we start exchanging messages one day and two days later you know we're actually on a date in public in the daytime okay mm-hmm. <laughs> getting to know each other talking and I mean the stuff he was saying I'm like okay this man really seemed like he got his stuff together um several months later he introduced me to the family I mean all kinds of stuff only to find that he was doing that exact same stuff with another woman wow the whole, the whole time Wow. And she and I talked. She and I ended up talking. Wow. The whole time. And I'm still trying to figure out how he did that. That's that's what that's always been my fascination is how do you have this much time like <laughs> to do this right. with one and two and three women? Like, don't that get draining? Don't you get tired? Don't you right. get stressed out about you know, when is the date or the time that they're going to figure me out? Exactly. And not only that, wait, where are you getting the money from, homeboy? <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. This, this one here was a wine and diner. He, you know. Wow. He knew how to provide and, and you know, make wow. things really special. So I'm like. He don't study his craft. Yes, he studied well, and and what I concluded, Mama taught him that. Mm. He learned that from his mama, honey. He uh, learned it from daddy. Mama wow. taught him that. Wow. So we got we got narcissistic 
narcissistic mothers raising these narcissistic sons and teaching them how to how to mess over women. Yeah. That's a problem. Oh, that's that's a major, that's major, a major problem. problem. That's yeah. a major problem. And so I'm totally the opposite with my kids. I'm like the I I don't I don't believe in that. Your mother is a woman. I was a I was a woman before I became your mother. And mm-hmm. if you wouldn't want me being treated like that, you don't treat other women like that. Exactly. And, and I'm gonna definitely check you. I'm gonna check you before they get a chance to check you. Yes. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so funny today when I got up and I did my um, meditation and everything. And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about this when I was meditating. But after meditation, I always usually just start writing, just free flow writing in my journal. And I started writing. Some women are not in competition with who they think they're in competition with. They're in competition with these men's mothers. Ah. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. It's not a it's not another woman that he out here sleeping with. It's his mama, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the mama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, let me write this down. I, I, I was like, I ain't gonna tweet this though, cause I, uh, I ain't gonna, <laughs> I gonna keep this in the journal. But yeah, that's it's 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 the mom. But <laughs> and yeah. then we go back to protecting a black woman. Black woman, you teaching your son to mess over black women. That thank you, thank you. We yeah. got these men to be protectors of women, and these yes. men have to understand the the. Uh, the the precious what the preciousness of a woman in your life you have to protect that femininity at all costs i i just don't see enough of men actually stepping up to the plate and checking other men about the things that they're doing even if you don't agree with it even if you don't participate it just sitting idly by and watching it happen and not saying anything about it it's just as bad. Yes. It's just as bad because if these men don't hold each other accountable, who will? Because they're not going to listen to it from us because, you know, they feel like you're not a man. So you can't tell me how to be a man. So we need other men who already understand the uh you know, how to be a man and how to walk in their manhood and not, un- and I was talking about this in the group today about, you know, toxic masculinity, how we mm. we overlook certain things that men do and we just write it off at, oh, just, that's what they do. That's just what men do. And mm. we give them a pass and we give them an excuse for it, but we have to these men just got to step up and say, man, that's not cool. You know, uh, beating on a woman, that's not cool. Nah. Um, you know, um, cheating, man, that's not cool. That's Bringing not cool. women STDs and, you know, um, talking about women, calling them all out their names and stuff. That's not what we do as men. But if if not if men are not actually saying this out loud to other men, then they right. think it's 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 cool, it's straight. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Because I was actually explaining to somebody who, you know, is a friend of mine and he has a girlfriend, and he told me 
that he's seeing somebody else. And of course, you know, I, as a woman, I let him know you wrong. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I gave him the lowdown, but I had to explain to him. I said, you know, that when you sleep with this woman on the side, you depositing that woman into your woman that you got at home. Right. So when she start having dreams about you and another woman, don't tell her she crazy because you putting that in her. Right. I was like, you, you do realize that every time you ejaculate in that woman, if that egg don't fertilize, your semen is in her bloodstream. Right. It's that serious, dude. So in anything you bring it from this other chick, she could be freaking bipolar. You depositing that into your woman that you got at home that you sleeping with every night? Hmm. You wrong. You and wrong see, for that. a thing that men need to realize is when you form a soul tie with a woman, a lot of times a man think when he goes in and forms a soul tie with a woman that he's holding her bondage over with that soul tie, but no you're actually in bondage with that soul tie yourself. It don't go one way. It goes both ways. And so a lot of these men who sleeping with all these different women, you got all these different soul ties and then you don't even understand why you can't sleep peacefully at night. And when you're with one woman, you're always thinking about what the other woman is doing because your soul has been split between mm -hmm. all these different women. You're never going to have a moment's rest. Because you're all you're in all of these different places. You're not you're thinking you're holding these women hostage, but you're also tied and bound yourself to these women. So right. these men need to cut it out and thinking that, you know, sleeping with a lot of different women is making me feel like a man and it's giving me security in case something don't go right with this one. I got this one over here. But your your soul can never get rest like that. It'll never. And honestly, it's something very, very, very fragmented in a man for him to sleep with all these different women. It's something he's looking for that mama didn't do. Mm-hmm. It's something and he's missing from childhood. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And that goes back to a topic that I'm going to discuss, the deprived uh, mindset. It goes back to that because the mama didn't do something she deprived you of something you really, really, really needed. Mm -hmm. And now you've grown up and you're searching for it and you feel like several different women at one time, you're going to find it, but you're still broken and restless, just like you just said. Mm -hmm. So our men, our men need therapy. Like I'm advocating for them to get some help. But I need other men. I need other men to join suit. Because me right. as a female, who am I going to, you know, I do have, I'm a life coach as well. I help people, you know, um, process emotional setbacks, though. That could right. be losing a job. You know, they lost a job. They might call me to help them get through that. Right. But um, I do surprisingly have a lot of men inboxing me who are on the verge of just giving up. Hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. We're, okay. Wait, wait a minute, Jesus. What is coming from? I mean, a lot. Wow. And it wasn't like that before. Before it was more women, but now I'm seeing I'm seeing an influx of men to the point that one guy I actually sent him a free copy of our book, the anthology mm -hmm. um we're a part of. 
best-selling authors, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just wanted him, even though those were women talking about their stories, I just felt like it was something in one of those stories that yeah. he was going to read and understand that he can pull out of this that he was in because he was in a very, very, very low, dark state, this particular yeah. guy. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to send you a, a copy of this book. I'm going to send you a journal. Are you, I'm like, are you willing to write? And he was like, at this point, I'm willing to do whatever. So sent him a journal, sent him a book, got him connected with some resources um, for therapy. Yeah. He said he had an appointment this week. So I'm like, come on, my brother. That's what I'm talking about. So, of course, I'm going to follow up with him later this week to make sure he was able to go and just to see how he was doing. But I, I, I would love for us to come together and create more spaces for men. Right. But we need men. We need <laughs> we, men. We need men. <laughs> and we need men to, we just need, we need some some powerful men, some influential men, some men mm-hmm. with substance to open up their mouths and 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 give other men permission to, and let to say it's okay to ask for help. You are not designed to be on this earth and do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to humble yourself first before God to ask for help. And that's what I don't see enough of. I don't see enough men submitting themselves over to God to get the guidance that they need. And so if you're not going to submit to God, then you're not going to submit to um, any other help. You're not going to get therapy. You're not going to get counseling. You're not going to seek all this stuff. And black men are the most traumatized group of people on this earth. You need it the most. And you're the one who runs away from it the most. So we need y'all to get healed so that y'all could help us in our healing. Exactly. And then we could, you know, build these stronger family units and and produce these babies who are not born predisposed to all this trauma. Mm -hmm. These babies deserve better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And even though you know, trauma is passed down from mom to child. It also passes down from child to, from father to child. It does. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It really does. And I just, you know, cause I mean, when, I'm not going to get into the holistic thing <laughs> today and start talking about how our body, you know, holds memory and all of that. And I'm, you know, and, you know, a man's, semen is actually food <laughs> you know I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna get into that on this one we'll come back <laughs> to that later because that one might get a little deeper yeah maybe you know people will really understand what's what's happening here because that exchange is spiritual if we can if we can just understand that exchange is so it's spiritual yes yeah, it, might, it might feel good for a few seconds but at the, <laughs> look at what's taking place spiritually Yes. Another topic for another episode, though. <laughs> yeah, and I, it, it's it's amazing to me that I look back and I I see a whole lot of um, parallels between my father and his characteristics and myself 
Mm-hmm. And we didn't even grow up together. He didn't raise me. I didn't really know him. But hearing yeah. hearing the people talk about him and hearing some of the things that he's done in his life, I'm like, I am his daughter up and down. I've done a lot of things he's done. I have a lot of his characteristics without even being raised by him. Exactly. And that 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 example in itself should tell every listener. Yeah. You don't have to be around the person. They they are they are in that yep. egg met that semen, that food, and not to mention if the parents were still together, you're still constantly being fed. So you were still constantly being fed all the all your dad's characters constantly. Yeah. And, uh, and it's in the makeup. It's in the, it's genetics. If men would just take a moment and think about how much you love your kids, and think about how much better you want to, you want your, you want your kids' life to be way better than yours. But then think about your life, and are you living a life that you would want your kids to live? Because your kids are not going to live a much better life than what you're living. So it it means nothing for you to say you want your kids to be better than you. You have to actually be that example for them to have a better life. And and we've been getting it wrong for so many generations. We do things in our life and then we say, my kid ain't going to do what I did. They're going to be better than me. But they ain't see nothing else but what you did. So what else can they do? That's it. That's it. Well, I mean, what you predisposing them to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> think, think about that. You know, you you at home talking to husband any kind of way. You better believe one of them children gonna talk to their spouse any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> the the children watching you creeping in all times of the night. It's, yep. it's just gonna constantly keep falling, falling down, falling exactly. down, generation to generation, un- until we we stop it, we heal. Yeah. We stop passing the trauma down and we develop stronger family units because I mean the, the black family has been a target since Willie Lynch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Since Willie Lynch. And I, I'm telling you, there are the building stronger family units is something that I really I'm passionate about that. I'm a single mom. I know the different things that I've gone through. I know what I predisposed my daughter to, which number one is depression. I know right. I did that. She's 16 years old and she is dealing with it right now. Right, right. Because I because she was older when I started healing. Yeah. So I knew I I kind of had a feeling the day was gonna come. It's just how it came. Yeah. It was um an emotional catastrophe for both of us. Right. But day by day, we are we are getting better. Well, that's- it's really important to heal before having children. So I, mm. I want more, but I'm glad I didn't have any more yet because of that reason. Yes, and that's great. And it's and it's a blessing that you've already been through it. So you know how to help her transition yes. through it. And then it can kind of, you know, um, condense her timeline so she don't spend a lot of time being lost inside of it. Because yes, she already like has a mom. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Putting all the putting all the modalities in place for her that I didn't have. But the greatest battle with the situation with my daughter is other family members 
convincing her that what I'm doing, like getting her counseling, is not necessary. That that stuff right there. See. That them, that oh they <laughs> they 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 would get Ooh. a good little talking to. And if it, and if the good talking to didn't work, they'll get a bad talking to. Oh yes, see that bad one. <laughs> you're not gonna get into my child's. This is my child, mm -hmm. and your outside opinions are not valid here. You know exactly, but that that goes back to the black people who are not inclined to outsource their pain. Right. Right. So that's why they feel like it's not necessary. No, you're not going to tell me what's necessary for my household because you are in, well in almost 50 and you still dealing with the trauma that happened to you when you was a child that your mother didn't even believe happened to you. Hmm. So you're still dealing with that in your old old age. You know, 50 mm -hmm. is not old, but I'm saying she's older. Mm-hmm. So you're going to then project that onto my daughter and say that's not necessary. You don't need to talk to people you don't know. Really? Are you crazy? So so the bad talking to it was it was all it had already started. You know when you when you're boiling water it's simmering at first and then it started mm -hmm. boiling mm -hmm. and boiling over all it, all it, all it was going to take was that one, one phone call by <laughs> the grace of God <laughs> mm. She she did not get that lashing she had on the way <laughs> mm -hmm. by the grace of God. No, baby, that's a it's a new yeah. thing. and we're not going we're not going through another generation with family secrets and what exactly and this house stays in this house and you don't need to be talking about to outsiders about what's going on in our family. We're we're cutting that out. We're cutting that we're out. We're cutting that out. We cutting. I got a big pair of scissors. We can cut it out. I'm so serious because that 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 still ties into our topic. Yeah. I I told I told my other guests I've never felt protected, starting with my parents. Hmm. So it's still it's still tying in. I've never. I can honestly sit here. I will be 37 years old on Monday. And I have never felt protected. Wow. I cannot tell you one time in my life that I actually felt like somebody was protecting me. That's family or somebody I was dating. Never. Wow. Never. I can honestly say that. And that really, that leaves young women open up to all types of predators. Yes. When I, yes, you don't have kind of sense of you know protection any kind of sense of somebody's going to come you know to my defense if I need them right mm -mm. anybody right. can and come along of... right anybody can come along and show you everything that you think you've ever wanted in a person just to deceive you and then yes. turn it right back around on you and that leaves our young women open to so much, you know, pain and disappointment and rejection. Um, Absolutely. I was that young woman. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. And I'm one that likes to write things down and kind of trace the root. And I traced it to that point. I've never I've never felt protected. I was in second grade being bullied by a teacher. And I didn't oh. feel 
protected enough to go home and tell my family that the teacher had children lined up sniffing me, telling me I was stinky because I had on perfume lotion. Wow. And I had to sit in that by myself. Wow. That's crazy. By myself. And I didn't really process that and release that until right after the flood that happened here in Baton Rouge in 2016 when I when I started seeing therapists like I was going to that lady like every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and and that came up in a therapy session and I literally lost it. Wow. Like I was trying to when when I came down, I was like, what in the world just happened to me? And and she she just explained to me, I mean, you held on to that so long it was like the dam broke. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Second grade. Yeah. Because my, my my grandmother was a you know, she was she made pretty decent money and she always bought really, really expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, perfume, the clothing she wore, the shoes, all of that. She really expensive stuff. So it, in that little country town I grew up in, you know, Woodville, Mississippi, th- these people know white diamonds, but they ain't know that stuff my grandmother was wearing because yeah. I couldn't even pronounce it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she she would put some on me and send me to school. And I guess that's where that came from because I love smell good to this day. <laughs> <laughs> that moment traumatized me for a little bit, but you know, as far as not wanting to wear anything, but that part broke off. Yeah. It's just the tra- the effect, other effects of it, you know, is still carried with me. But I go to school and the assistant teacher, actually, she was the assistant. Because back then you got two teachers in the classroom, unlike today, but okay. <laughs> Um, so she, she was like, somebody stinks in here. And I'm, I'm just sitting at my desk chilling. Like, I know what I mean. Cause I got that good stuff on, you know, right, right. So I'm just sitting, I'm sitting at my desk. We supposed to have our head down. And I'm like, I ain't even budget Cause I know what I mean. So then she, she kept saying it. And then she started walking around the classroom, like literally sniffing everybody. She wow. got to me, loud outburst. Latoya, that's you. You stink. Ugh. Y'all come smell her. She literally lined them up like we in the cafeteria line. One by one, I'm laying there literally wanting to die. She must have been crazy. Like, who does that to a child? She did that. She sure did. (laughs) She sure did. I just be astounded. Like, how did you get to be a teacher and do stuff like that? Exactly. She did. I talked about that today on my coaching page about, you know, unaddressed, you know, unaddressed trauma and pain from our childhood. It it goes with us until we address it. You know, there's so many people walking around in adult bodies, but that that little child is still inside hurting and, and crying and has never been addressed, has never been acknowledged, has never healed. And the only way we can become healthy adults is to go back and address that child that was hurt and release mm-hmm. them, release them from that pain and give them that Absolutely. acknowledgement. Absolutely. I actually have a class that I'm taking. It's called um, Reparenting the Inner Child. Mm-hmm. 
because it's something else that I want to add to my business because I'm currently studying belief therapy. So now, you know, I'm just adding different segments onto that because I really, really want people to heal. I, I pride myself on being everything to other people that I needed when right. I was younger. Yep. And oh. my inner child, when I had a child, that, that's who bonded with my daughter, not, not me as an adult. Yeah. And that's another thing that causes problems when your children get older and you start healing. They're still looking for that, that friend. But the friend is the friend whole. <laughs> the friend gone. Yeah. So now that's going to create more issues. And, and it's same stuff I've been, you know, dealing with with, with my daughter. Yeah. It's just hard for her to see mama whole, mama, mama good <laughs> when she used to broken seven-year-old Toya. Yeah. That's one thing I, re- I remember and I noticed about myself in younger years is when I was a kid, I was really quiet, shy, reserved, and a lot of people took that as being, you know, scared and I could do anything I want to do to her. She ain't going to do nothing. And I took a lot of bullying and I wouldn't really, I would hardly ever fight back or defend myself, but let you do something to somebody I care about. Oh, baby, I'm coming out the box on you. (laughs) I I would, I would defend somebody else. And and one thing I really hated, I hated bullies if I saw somebody overpowering another person who was less powerful and couldn't defend themselves I would always jump to their defense but when it came to me I wouldn't do anything I would always let it build up and build up and build up until I would just explode all at once and and go into such a rage that I couldn't control myself but if you, if you, I remember we was at a basketball game and I played basketball and my mom and my brother and my sister was at the game. And I remember, um, I don't remember this woman. She was, she kept telling my sister, my little sister was little and she, you know, how kids play around in the bleachers or whatever. And she kept telling my little sister to sit down. And then I think she, she grabbed her by the shoulder and, and, and made her sit down and babe, back. What she do that for? <laughs> I came down from on them on them bleachers and I told that woman, I said, Don't you ever put your hand on my sister again. <laughs> my mama tell that story all the time. She said, Yeah, I remember that time Erica went up to that <laughs> Erica went up to that woman and almost snatched her finger off. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, don't touch my sister. <laughs> Man. I don't think I, I don't know. I was, I was the one that just, you know how a turtle stick his head back in the shell? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I was for a long time. Now, I'm very outspoken now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll clap back in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably pick the wrong time to do that, but that's just how I am now. I'm not, you know, it's a lot of stuff I'm just not gonna tolerate because I've been through so much. Right. I've been through physical, mental, emotional, verbal abuse, and I'm just not I'm not here for it. Right, right. My thing is I respect everybody, you know, as long as I don't see people 
misusing or abusing someone else, I'm good. But mm-hmm. I just I can't stand by and watch somebody being abused or misused or being, you know, um, torn down. Right. I can't right. watch it and not say nothing. So in your in your opinion, as far as us being protected, it kind of really get it growing up as, as children. Yeah. So it's just kind of playing on throughout life. Yeah. I mean, at this at our, at this stage at, in in the where we are right now in our society, mm-hmm. I don't see it as much as I know we sh- we should see it. We should be seeing it a whole lot more. And I just wish our men would rally around us and, and protect us more, you know, because right. we as a group of women, we always rush to their defense. Always. And we're always trying to push them up and hold them up as kings, but we don't see that enough when it's our turn. Not at all. Not at all, because I've I've been very, you know, when I'm in a relationship, if we in it, we in it. Mm -hmm. You you start doing crazy stuff, then I'm going to mirror what you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if I don't feel supported, don't ask me to support like seriously I'm just being honest anybody that's listening and you might you know thought you might want to date me right (laughs) I'm gonna mirror what you're doing sir exactly (laughs) because for one I I feel like the the man is the leader he's gonna have the leadership role in the relationship and he sets the tone for how this thing is gonna go so I you lead I follow um, I'm not supposed to be trying to show you how to support me. Right. I mean, I think that's 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 kind of backwards. Yeah, just just like I said, um, on part one, I'm like, the man was put in the garden to cultivate it. You got it in you. <laughs> hmm. Don't expect me to, you know. Mm-hmm. Give you a, a outline of what to do. It's in you. Tap in. Right, right. Because tap in. <laughs> once when God made Adam, and He put him to sleep and brought Eve out from his rib. Eve, mm-hmm. Adam, Adam was already a fully formed person. He had already had a relationship with God. God had already given him instructions and a job to complete and things to do before He even gave him Eve. But see, now it's me and now they want you to come in and help them build from scratch. Yes. Like she, she, when when (laughs) Eve was put here, she came in to help him continue to build what he already had. She didn't come in there and she didn't give him the blueprint. She didn't, exactly. she didn't she didn't set the foundation. They want you to come in and give them everything and they just put it together. That's it. They want you to bring the flower pot, the mm-hmm. soil, the miracle grow, the seed, mm-hmm. the sun, so yep. they can eat, you know, <laughs> get some sunlight, yep. the water. And a lot of them actually, uh, what you bring it to the table. 
what? Oh, sir, yeah, I sir, I want you to please get a table first and then ask me that. Please. <laughs> and make sure the legs are all even. Thank you, because what I'm bringing to the table is probably going to, your table probably going to fall from the weight of everything that I bring to this table. Come on. Come you need on, a stronger Koji. table. Come on, Koji. That's what I'm saying. I'm, the legs don't need to be wobbling for what toy you got for you. Right. <laughs> you better be ready. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously. And that could be that could be a little intimidating to them. So, you know, they see mm-hmm. professional women such as ourselves and we we we're not playing games. This is real. We try yeah. to build legacies here. Right, right. You know, you'll, you'll, they'll start crawfishing a little bit and or they may not. They may stay and see how far they can go. But like you said on your on the comment when you when I um commented on your page, you say you can see that stuff a mile away now. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm catching up with you. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, baby. I used, to fall the, uh, I used to fall for the best dressed, driving mm-hmm. the, the best car, the nice looking car. And yes. all of that was just bait. That's, that's, oh my God, that's it. And when you get with them, they don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. They just look good. Nope. That's all. Does look good, smell good, mm-hmm. haircut, nice haircut. Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, he must be rolling. Oh, he, you know, he must, you know, he must be stable. He, you know, he ain't gonna need me for nothing. Mm-hmm. Amen. They about to leech off of you. <laughs> yep. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, ma'am, before you know it, you'll be getting the air fix in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cooking meals every day. Mm-hmm. All they <laughs> got is all brought the spinning the night bag with most of his clothes in. Yep, because all they got <laughs> is a car and some clothes on their bag, and they want to bring all their clothes to your house. That's it. I'm telling you, been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. I got a hat. <laughs> <laughs> got the coffee mug, honey, and the ink pen. Okay. <laughs> Don't want it no more. No, I'm 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 tired. <laughs> like seriously, I'm tired. I'm, yes. I'm really, really, really tired. Really tired, and I'm ready to have some children. So I'm ready right. somebody to get it together all the way to right. Bed. Exactly. Baby, you ain't got to be fancy. <laughs> you just got to be emotionally healthy and you got to have it. a great relationship with God. And um, and you need to be taller than me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tall girl. I'm a very long-legged girl here. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I'm going to need you to be taller than me with heels on, sir. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Can I please, can I wear my heels and you still be taller? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But one thing about it, I love my kings. I love a black man. But I would love for y'all to get it together. Oh, yeah. We're praying for y'all. We are definitely, definitely praying, definitely um, seeking God to send that influence we need. We can all connect and build something great, a safe, courageous space for the men to to be able to really heal. Because you got men who've been touched by family members and 
Mm. You know, who was raised with, with the father complex, the daddy talking about a man don't cry and all. Like, they don't understand that stuff really messes them up. Mm-hmm. Just one little statement. Men don't cry. Dude, you got tears. What you supposed to do with them? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Like, stop telling these little boys that men are not supposed to cry. We have emotions. Right. We have them for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, that's traumatizing. It's, it's, and it's, and then it, it makes a person withdraw inside themselves and they feel like, the feelings that I feel and the, the thoughts that I have are wrong and I can't right. share them with nobody because I've been told that I'm not supposed to feel this way or think this way. And that's crazy. Exactly. That is insane. And it's just like y'all doing this to these men then you sending them out in the world for us. And now, it, you know, it's, it's this thing in black communities that, if it ain't a struggle first, it ain't real love. Like, no. Let's yeah. cut the cord on that, too. Toxic. No, we, we tired of that. No more struggle love. I'm sorry. No more struggle love. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, okay, that's what I was trying to say. No, we tired of that. We we about to cut the cord on that. Right. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the struggle love. Forget forget that. <laughs> right. We don't need a bunch of drama. That's that's a that's no. a sickness. That's That's a toxicity. Like, you know, Let's that break up to make up and people get uh, addicted to making up and make up sex and yeah. uh, fighting just to break up and get back together. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, no. And I blame some of the music on that stuff, on that stuff too, because that's how the message get out there. Mm-hmm. They use music to get their agenda over. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the artist's agenda. Yeah. The people behind the artist. So you right. gotta look at that, that that medium. You got the TV, the tell live vision. It's yep. just so telling <laughs> lies so to your vision. Poisoning. Yeah, telling <laughs> lies to your vision, just poisoning minds. And you listen to this song, listen to this dude say what he did, and now you think that's oh now you think you're gonna bring that in here? No. Mm-hmm. No, so <laughs> I know, I know God gonna give us a plan. I just know. Oh yeah. We we need some healthy men so we can produce some healthy children. Exactly. Healthy black we, families. Healthy black families. Because we're gonna need some warriors in the times that's coming. Whoo! And I mean, you know, we need some prayer warriors, male prayer warriors. Yes. We we have an abundance of women prayer warriors we need men we need men on the wall praying profusely absolutely Absolutely. we need the head yes (laughs) we need the head we need the leaders we need the leaders to come through exactly it's it's not things are not aligned right now Mm -hmm. The, the scales are not balanced Right, exactly. And once the men start stepping up and doing what they're supposed to do, then you'll see a more of a balance to those skills. Right now, it's not balanced at all. Yeah, it's all out of whack. All All out of whack. (laughs) (laughs) All out of whack. But I must say, this is this has been great conversation. Well, I appreciate you inviting. 
Oh, I want you again, though. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely be back. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. This has been wonderful. Um, a whole lot of insight. I'm pretty sure the listeners are going to be blessed by this and hopefully some healing will come forth as well you can tell them again how they can find you on your social media handles a little bit more about what you do so if they need help in that capacity let them know again before we close all right so you can follow me if you if you are interested in um the life coaching services that i offer for women who are transitioning out of a long-term relationship or marriage back into single life more proactively, productively, and happy, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is Coach E's Life Coaching Services. That's my page. You just type that in and follow me. And I um, I produce a lot of content, videos, information on that page. And I also have my website there that you can look at and schedule um, a discovery session with me if you're interested in a one-on-one Um, You can also follow my page for the podcast, which is called Dope Discussions with Erica. If you type that in, you will find the page and you can like and follow that. We do our live podcast um, streaming every Sunday at 630 Central Standard Time. Um, So you can catch us live and be a part of the show if you would like to. you can also follow me on Instagram, which is dope discussions underscore pod. And I also um, post updates from, you know, the podcast and upcoming things that we got going on. So that is how you can connect with me. Awesome. Awesome. And there you have it, Coach E. <laughs> Again, this is um, Organized State of Mind. We were talking about protecting the Black woman part two with Coach E. Thank you. Good night. Good night.